Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. It's Michael here, and today I've got Tracy Lawrence on the line with us. Tracy is a professional speaker, a family coach, and the post-retirement strategist, and she's also the author of Dementia Sucks, and having family members who have had that, I couldn't agree more. Tracy, Mm -hmm. welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Michael. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Glad to have you with us today. So, what prompted you to take on all of those roles, you know, professional speaker and a family coach and the post-retirement strategist? Uh, these are all things that are on the minds of my listeners, so we, we can dive into each of those a little bit. So uh, just tell us what makes you tick and, and why you choose to do what you do. Well, thanks for, for, for asking, Michael. Thank you for inviting me uh, here today. Uh, well, you know, uh, like so many of us who have a for lack of a better word, passion in life, uh, it's, it comes from personal experience. Both of my parents developed dementia and I had to become their primary caregiver. Now, uh, I wasn't ready for it. Most people aren't when the need to help our aging parents with a big problem comes around. This, they're, they're, uh, I've learned that there are uh, several impediments to, uh, to to seeing that 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 Mack truck heading your way. Um, you know, uh, we we have a tendency to want to deny that there's ever going to be a problem. You know, we don't want to think of terrible things happening to people that we love. And so, when we begin to recognize that there's something wrong, two things tend to happen. One, our parents become quite masterful at disguising that they're sick because they don't want to worry us and they don't want to be a burden. Uh, And the other part of it is as human beings, we don't want to recognize the danger signs because if we admit that there's a problem, we might actually have to do something about it. So I was in that, that sad position myself. You know, when my father uh, was sick, I didn't know. I live in Northern New Jersey and my parents were living a very happy retirement in Florida. And I would speak with my father on the phone rather often, and everything seemed fine. And then I went to go see him. And when I saw him, I was alarmed because clearly things were starting to go wrong. And uh, I, I started to recognize, you know, what the issues were. And it, that that was my end entry into the world of, of, of family caregiving. Uh, several years later, after my father passed away, my mother started showing signs of developing dementia. And my husband and I, we, we did, we, initially we were doing distance caregiving. I was you know, checking in on her regularly on the phone. And every vacation we would go down to Southern Florida, even though that wasn't necessarily a place that we wanted to go to at that point, we would visit with mom, check on her, take her where she needed to go, make sure that she was provisioned and that nothing terrible was happening. But in time that became apparent as well. So my husband and I invited my mother to come live with me, with us and uh, took care of her and living with an aging parent in your house is not natural for anyone who's who's been there that's a it's a very 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 tough thing and my mother and i had 
uh, a contentious relationship when I was younger and bringing her into my house. Uh, a lot of that, the, the shadows of our, of our relationship from when I was a child would come to the surface. And, you know, that, that presents a set of challenges. And then of course, you know, when you see someone that you love suffering, deteriorating, things happening to them, you, 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 you want to help them. You want to solve problems. You want to make them as comfortable as you can. You want to uh, maintain a certain quality of life and their dignity. So, when I was handling my mother's situation, it lasted a great deal longer than my father's. But with my mom, I, in addition to the things that I had started to learn about when my father became ill, I got intimately involved with long-term care insurance and geriatric doctors and Medicare and the different kinds of, uh, of care options that are available, the different kinds of facilities uh, it's just, there's a whole, a whole range of things that people just aren't aware of until someone gets sick. Yeah, and that's so, when, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So, so, uh, when my mother was, um, in hospice and I was able to kind of take a step back because I, her day-to-day care was, was in someone else's hands and I could think. I realized that there were going to be millions of people going through the kinds of things that I'd already been through. And so I created grand family planning, which is my, my, my company, which is a, it's applies a team-based approach to the family caregiving situation. Uh, we, you know, we, we look, I work with attorneys and, um, care managers and Medicare people and Medicaid people and a range of professionals who can help a family get through all the different issues that crop up when someone does get sick. So that's, that's, that's kind of where, where, um, where that got started. Cause I was a graphic artist when my, my parents first got sick. So it's a bit of a, bit of a shift. And, and the rest of the, the things that, um, that I, upon which I now focus came as a result of creating that business and that practice and all the things that I learned along the way. Well, it's one, it's, it's very noble that you, you, know, you were able to you know, assist your parents in their later years. Um, especially in the situation with you and your mom, um, when you said it wasn't the greatest of relationships and to, you know, have a supportive spouse uh, to you know, bring your, your mom in uh, to help take care of it, you know, is obviously a, a, a taxing situation. You know, my, my family story with my grandmother, she had Louis body dementia and, mm-hmm. uh, and she uh, was pretty much bedridden and, uh, you know, more or less unable to talk or do anything for seven years. It was a, it was a very, very long period. And it was a rotation of my mom and my two uncles and my aunt uh, would do rotations, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, 24 seven, you know, and, and they would do that and they did it for seven years. And with the occasional respite help that would come in mm-hmm. for a few hours, um, I, ble- I seem to recall it was on a Friday. So that was, that was a day where, you know, whoever was on, 
on duty would, you know, be able to go and take a nap or go run some errands or something like that. And, and when you see that and, you know, and I, I saw, you know, my grandmother in that state and, you know, I thought, okay, this is, this is challenging. And there's so many people that don't have family members that can do that. Uh, therefore they're in a long-term care facility, assuming they can get in, um, depending on locales and regions and all of that. And also too, depending on the complexity of their health. And it really, it, it's concerning to me as our population gets older, because statistics are going to show that the percentage of people that come down with some form of dementia is going to multiply because just of the population that's going to be hitting uh, the senior age in a very short period of time. And, you know, in the area that I live in, in Toronto, the, and I think we've said this before on a call I had with you, um, the population over age 65 is going to double in less than 20 years and over age 90 is going to triple. Mm Mm-hmm. So you do the math on that and you go, okay, what percentage of the population comes down with dementia in such a way where they cannot take care of themselves at all? Mm. And then you multiply that by the population and you go, hmm, we have an issue. Now yes. we, can, we can talk about it for the next 17 years, which a lot of funding agencies and insurance companies love to do, sure. or we can be proactive and try to figure out a way to get ahead of it and look at ways to either slow down, you know, the, the onset of it or somehow figure out a way to treat it in such a way where um, it's easier on everyone involved, including the person with dementia. You know, I think a lot of times that that gets lost in translation with people is like, you know, there's a person that's going through these challenges and sometimes they're unable to communicate with you on what's going on. And so they could be in extreme pain and not be able to tell you, or maybe not, you don't, we, we unfortunately don't know in most cases, but no, it's, it's, it's great that you did all of those things. So, and, and obviously gave you the passion to, to really, you know, take a proactive stance on it and not, and not stop when you know, your parents passed because many people that would have been, you know, the right thing for you to do. It's like, okay, the, the, that chapter in your life is now done. Um, you've taken care of your loved ones and now you don't have that responsibility. Right. Go back to graphic design or go back to, you know, whatever you like to do, but no, you chose to say, no, I want to be an advocate for this and what can I do right. um, to help people? So um, I'm thrilled that you, that you made that choice. Not that I, you know, I'm sure your graphic design was awesome, but, (laughs) but I'm, but I'm guessing that, um, this, this work that you're doing now is, uh, a a true passion because you're seeing how it's impacting people's lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my, my, my graphic arts chops don't go to waste because I do design a lot of stuff for my business. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have, uh, have that. And, uh, uh, but it, it, the once once you go through the kind of thing that I went through, you know, my nature is when I find the, the answer to a problem, I want to share it with everybody, because I wish, you know, I, I when 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 I'm going through something that's that that that, that torments me, I, I always wish that, that that you know there's somebody who can kind of you know give me the shortcut, 
You know, tell me, tell me how to get through this. What's the right thing? And, you know, I learned, I, I, I hit so many, so many bumps on the road and I found so many answers. And a lot of the answers that I found, I would report in my blog. And I, as, as I was caregiving my mom, the blog was, was really therapeutic because, you know, when you're, when you're going through so much stressful stuff every day, you know, you need to be able to put it somewhere. And the last thing you want to do is take it out on the person you're taking care of, which unfortunately a lot of people do, or they take it out on themselves, which is also wrong because, you know, you, you, you harm yourself. And, you know, and I, I don't know if, 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 if we discuss this, uh, a large number of family caregivers of people with dementia die before the person they're taking care of. So uh, you know, the, the, the numbers range between 40 and 50%. So that to me is, is, is a true tragedy. And if it's a spouse taking care of, of their loved one, then that number goes up to 63%. So then what happens? Right. They've, they've, they, they have succeeded in taking care of that person and perhaps keeping them out of a facility for a length of time. But then they die. And now that person has to either, you know, someone's got to step up and take care of them. So, you know, so, so that's a that, that, that's a huge, huge problem that's in front of us. Um, and so uh, having been in a circle of other caregivers and having seen so many caregivers not practice self-care. That's a big part of my message. I want people to understand that wanting to take care of yourself is not being selfish. Okay. It's, it's actually being very loving, not just to yourself, but to the person you're taking care of. Because if, if you go down in flames, so does everyone else you care for. Right. So, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you know, you know, many people have heard the, you know, the, um, the airline metaphor, you know, that card in, in the seat back pocket where they say to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping someone else. You know, that, that's something that we, we all have to take really, really seriously in life. You have to take care of yourself first and foremost, because there are, there are other people who are reliant on you. And I, 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 I just see so many caregivers acting in ways that are so deleterious to their own health. And I, I want them to kind of pay more attention to taking care of themselves. So that was, a, and that was a big part of the reason why I took the information that was in my blog and turned it into a book because the material is very educational. It's also incredibly entertaining <laughs> And informative, because I, I, I have documented what I've been through, and I have a kind of a, a good sense of humor, and I do have some writing skills, so, and I, and I have been told by people who've read the book that they find it very funny, and they feel as if I'm talking to them when they actually, you know, when, when, when they're reading the book. So, uh, you know, which is, which is nice, you know, so that's, that's, that's one of my favorite things when people write me and and say, thank you so much for writing the book. I laughed and I cried. 
Uh, and I learned so much and I don't feel so alone anymore. Uh, and, and that's another part of the caregiving journey. It tends to be extremely isolated. You get so bogged down in, in the activities around taking care of somebody else that you, you lose touch with, with friends and you know, your, your, your social circle because they don't understand what you're going through. Uh, and, you know, and after a while, you don't, you don't want to just complain about what you're going through. You get tired of hearing your own voice complaining about how bad your life is right now. So you tend to just, um, you know, keep your head down and do what you got to do to get through your days. So to be able to understand that you're not the only one who's gone through it and that there are others going through it and that there are, there are things that you can do to make yourself feel better and to take better care of yourself to me is, is it, that's, that's a big part of my mission because there are, people need to know it's, you know, that's, they don't have to be alone. They don't have to be isolated and there are resources out there for them that can help them to retain what's left of their, their sanity while they're going through it. And that's all crucial. And, you know, to piggyback on, on the comment of my, Family being caregivers, and you'd mentioned about, you know, the self-care kind of thing. You know, after my grandmother had passed, um, my oldest uncle, um, who um, had was one of the caregivers, passed away exactly one month later. Ugh. And then my other uncle um, passed away a year later. Um, wow. And they were obviously both, uh, they both passed away uh, with complications from cancer. Mm. And it's it's, you know, fairly obvious that they... They had it. Um, I, I, my my hunch is that my you know, my uncle Joe knew that mm. he wasn't going to be lasting long, but mm. didn't didn't say anything to anybody um, and kept it quiet. And um, yeah, it was that was a rough you know couple of months, you know, and you know losing oh, you know losing the grandmother, uh, which you know eight grandkids, huge family, all that, and then you know an uncle. You know, a month later, it was one of those things where you're like, okay this is a little bit much, but again, it, it hammers home, um, as a caregiver. Yes. You know, that you have a huge responsibility, but you have to put on that oxygen mask first, because if you don't, like you said, then you're going to go down and guess what? Then no one's going to be able to take care of your loved one. Um, or they're going to have to find somebody else and who knows how that all looks. Right. Right. Now, in the, in the pre-show notes, we were talking a little bit about um, your hope, uh, about some things that you're seeing uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to dementia and care and all of that. I'd love yes. to hear, hear what, what you're discovering uh, to give us some hope on, on what the future can look like uh, as we yes. navigate through these challenges. Yes. Well, you, you know, Michael, uh, the, the, the most exciting thing that, I, that, that, that has been given to me of late by the universe. I, I, I got a book put in my hands. I kid you not within a one week period, four different entities <laughs> showed me this book and said, you have to read this. And it's called the end of Alzheimer's uh, by a doctor named Dale Bredesen. And he is a doctor. He's a clinician. He's a researcher. And he has uncovered that Alzheimer's disease isn't just one brain syndrome. 
he identifies three different types of Alzheimer's disease with three different causes. And he has been able to reverse cognitive decline in over a thousand patients. He has wow. created, yeah, he's created something called the Recode Protocol, which essentially looks at each individual's makeup and by addressing nutrition, toxicity. As a lot of people, you know, this is the, I never knew this, but mold can cause Alzheimer's disease. Something that, that, that simple that could be in your environment causing cognitive decline, um, lack of exercise, stress. So he, and so you, by, by, by adopting a healthier lifestyle, by, uh, addressing any toxicity in your environment, which could be, it, 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 it could be heavy metals. It could be eating too much fish. It could, it, with, with, with mercury in it. it there just is a range of stuff that can be causing cognitive decline. And by addressing whatever stressors are on your system causing excessive inflammation, you can prevent and or reverse cognitive decline. And this to me is, is, is one of the most exciting things I've seen. And, you know, when, when, I, when I talk to people about it, they usually look at me like, no, nah, it's got to be a scam because why haven't we heard about it? Well, here's my theory. He doesn't prescribe any medications. So uh, in, in my humble opinion, uh, you, you, people, people want to be, they want to hear that there's a pill that cures something because that's, that, 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 that's the way our, our, our society has been trained to understand illness. And doctors in, in this country um, are, are not taught about nutrition. They're taught about identifying symptoms and treating them with a procedure or medication. So, this doctor comes up with a protocol that says, well, you know, if you cut out certain, certain foods that might be damaging you, if you get more exercise, if you do yoga and meditate and, you know, get, 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 get toxins out of your life, you might actually make it to the other side without losing your marbles. So to me, that's very promising. And the, I am actually reading another book by another couple uh, who are also doctors called the Alzheimer's solution uh, where it's the, it's similar, similar philosophy. Um, they, they, they have other certain ideas about what specific um, nutrition uh, constitutes a healthy diet. But, um, but by and large, you know, there, there's, there's a great deal of agreement that like a change in lifestyle can improve your your entire physiology, and if you are starting to suffer cognitive decline, you can reverse it. Well, that's amazing news, and I'll definitely have in the show notes uh, links to those books, and obviously your book as well, um, because I think you know these are these are great books for people to have, and even if they don't have a loved one that is experiencing this, the odds are. Um, that they may, and even if they don't, uh, then knowing what these 
what these signs are and what we can do to help prevent it from happening. Uh, I'm all about prevention. Uh, if you yes. can prevent uh, a health scare, you know, having had my own 10 years ago, of course. Uh, if you can prevent that, uh, I, I, pro tip, do it <laughs> because <laughs> uh, otherwise the cost of, you know, recovery can be pretty dramatic. Uh, no matter, you know, what type of insurance coverage you have, assuming you have any. So it's right. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's, no, the, that that gives me a lot of hope as we navigate through those things. And you know, it's funny those those things that you listed in uh, the end of Alzheimer's book. You know, the nutrition, the toxics that we you know have in our world, um, the lack of exercise and stress. It's like it's I, I I've seen those things listed in a variety of different places for a variety of different subjects, and it's you, everybody does those things. Um, it completely changes the health of of everybody involved. So definitely, audience, definitely check out those resources. So Tracy, uh, where can people find out more about you and and get in touch with you if they like and 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 the stuff that you're doing? Uh, sure. Um, well, there's a website that that uh, that uh, speaks to my uh, my my author personality and uh, and and my my speaking. Uh, it's Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y-S, as in Sue, Lawrence.com, Tracy S. Lawrence.com. Uh, and you can contact me by email if you like. Uh, it's the, the email address is contact at Tracy S. Lawrence.com. Uh, and if you're looking for a copy of Dementia Socks, uh, if, if you happen to be on the Amazon website, you can find it by, by keying in Dementia Socks book. Uh, and that will that will bring you to my book. It, it is available as a paperback from Post Hill Press, or as a Kindle publication if you prefer to get it that way. Um, and those other books I mentioned are also available on web, on Amazon. Uh, the, my book is also available through Barnes and Noble and uh, the Simon and Schuster database. Um, every bookstore, if you have a favorite bookstore, please go in and say, give me my copy of Dementia Sucks, and they will probably order it for you. Uh, so um, that's, that's another way to get your hands on it. And if, any, if you have questions, you know, by all means, reach out, and uh, I'll, I'll be happy to uh, guide you in the right direction. That's awesome. Thank you for all those resources and audience. I'll have all of that information in the show notes. Tracy, great to talk with you again. Um, always love talking with you and hearing about the awesome work that you're doing and um, the lives that you're helping um, when navigating this very, very difficult challenge of, of people facing dementia and long-term care and everything else. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Michael, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it was great chatting with you. Likewise. And until next time, everybody, be well. <laughs>